Welcome to In the Kitchen with the 15 Group, where we provide you with restaurants insight, tips, and operational details on how to build a successful restaurant business. My name is Kate Engineer, and I'll be your host for In the Kitchen. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kate Engineer, and we are super excited to be hosting our first ever In the Kitchen with the 15 Group podcast series. Today, we are joined with the VP of Western Operations, Alex Fraser, who is one of our executives on the 15 Group team, who's been with us for a long time and has amazing expertise to share with our restaurants and chefs and anybody who's listening with us today. Um, I'll give you a little bit of details about the 15 Group. They are national, I should say we, are a national restaurant and hospitality consulting company with offices located in Toronto, Calgary, as well as Vancouver. We've been helping restaurants and hospitality brands over the last 16 years and have worked with over 500 restaurants across Canada. So with that being said, Alex, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to be talking to you today. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and your expertise? Yeah, great to uh, be here, Kate, and uh, welcome, everyone. Um, I've been fortunate uh, to have worked uh, in my career for many of great people who have influenced uh, and supported me throughout my career. I started years ago now. Uh, 25, uh, back working underage as a bar back at the, <laughs> at a local, uh, uh, bar in town. Um, that was a great summer. Then spent, uh, <laughs> the next few years in, uh, in fine dining in the front of the house, um, before deciding to become a chef and, and work towards my apprenticeship, uh, and had the pleasure of working under Lee Parsons, who had just come over from England, uh, at Raymond Blanc's Le Manoir Quat Saison. Uh, and then was given the opportunity to come back into the front of house uh, in a management operation role um, that led me to working with Wolfgang Puck and then uh, ultimately the 15 group, um, at which point uh, we decided uh, as a company that uh, we were going to open up a Vancouver office and had the uh, had the fortune of, of coming out here and uh, opening up our office, I guess, about 12 years ago now and uh, haven't looked back since. That's awesome, Alex. Talk about an amazing career you've had so far. Um, what would you say was the most influential moment in your career and then leading into the 15 group? Ooh, well, I've, I mean, again, I've had so many wonderful mentors that, that I've had the privilege of, of working for and with. But, um, you know, I think one of one of the important things was, um, you know, working with someone like Wolfgang Puck, um, who, you know, people have an idea of, of who Wolfgang is from, from the work that he does, but, you know, connecting with him on a, on a chef level and a business, uh, person level where, uh, he is so fully committed to his team and fully committed to creating experiences that mean something to people when they visit his restaurant. And, and that, to me, was an amazing experience because, you know, here's an icon in our industry, a, a world-renowned chef. But at the end of the day, you know, he's he's focused on how we're cutting parsley uh, as much as, you know, how he's running the businesses that, that he represents. So to me, that was a real turning point because um, meeting someone is – 
as integral to the business as him and, and seeing what he was focused on was, was really had a really big impact on me. And it really is amazing, like how every little detail is so critical to the entire restaurant experience. And I think that's really something in today's competitive landscape that really helps certain restaurants rise to the top is really the emphasis on that complete experience. So that's um, really great to share. Thanks, Alex, for that. Um, so let's jump into the topic of today's podcast, which is really about culture in the restaurant industry and really developing a service culture and what that means to a restaurant's success. So tell us a little bit more from your perspective, Alex. What do you see happening with restaurant culture currently? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's extremely important to understand that that currently our our industry is really lacking um, a great service culture focus in in many operations. And part of the reason is that that many restaurants just don't create one to begin with, or or really don't focus on on putting effort into creating one, and and um, really putting the effort into managing and sustaining it. So. You know, when we we look at businesses that start uh, a culture of identifying what's important to them from a service perspective, we then see that they're committed to bringing the team involved in it and empowering them to uh, be a part of it and um, and add to it. And, uh, you know, currently there's a number of restaurants that, that just don't do it. They don't focus on it. They hire for experience as opposed to hiring for desire and, um, you know, work off of the experience that the staff is bringing to the uh, service environment. And that's a real challenge because if you really don't have an identified service direction and a service culture, then you really can't hold people accountable to a certain standard and you can't create experiences that are going to be meaningful uh, and impactful for the guest experience. So um, we see a, a big challenge currently in, in our industry. And, and really, you know, we can break it down as, as being simple as understanding etiquette. You know, we have many clients that say to us, um, you know, our, our staff need to improve their etiquette. So we've told them that they should improve it. And, and, you know, quite frankly, staff may not even understand what that etiquette is or the level of etiquette that they're working on. You know, we, we work with so many varied concepts that, you know, a greet can be as simple as, hey, how's your day going? To, you know, great to have you with us. Um, have you been with us before? We've got an excellent experience ahead of you um, that we're going to curate for you. So, you know, it can be as, as um, downplayed and as, uh, uh, welcoming and warm as as anything, but it can also be really detailed and focused. So service culture is massively, massively important, and it's becoming more important in our industry now because our industry is more competitive than it's ever been. And we always look to build on what clients need to own when we're building concepts, you know, whether it's a position on food, whether it's a, an offering um, that relates to a food concept, but by and large, it's what kind of environment do we want to create? How are we going to make guests feel valued? And how are we going to curate an experience that they're leaving engaged? And we know that they're actually going to come back because of the service experience that we've created. That's really what we see massively challenged currently uh, in our markets. 
Yeah, and I, I just love that, that it really is all about coming back to creating that memorable, great guest experience. And I really think it doesn't even matter the size of your restaurant. You can be, you know, the small mom and pop shop to the large franchise restaurant, you know, it still comes back to offering that great service culture and creating a positive guest experience. So Alex, from your perspective, what are some of the reasons why restaurants might not be focusing on service culture right now? You know, why are they necessarily missing the mark or not putting the focus on that? What are some of the challenges? Well, you know, first and foremost, Kate, you know, you, you, we recommend really building out uh, a list of service initiatives that's important to the value set of how your or the guests or our clients are going to run their business. So, you know, if it's important for us to speak a certain way uh, to a guest, um, if it's important that we put guests' needs ahead of ours, then, you know, these are all of all of the important things that you need to build for a service culture so that you can identify uh, what it is that you're going to be training and bringing your team and exposing them to and ultimately having them contribute to um, in that service culture. And, you know, that's a daunting task for a number of um, operators that A, may just not know um, how to do that, or B, maybe haven't had the experience or mentorship or worked in programs that may represent a great service culture. And you make a really great point, Kate. You know, this this isn't something that's a fine dining and Initiative or a, you know, a really strong built-out corporate program. Like some of the best examples of a great service culture come from really small places that are owner-operated, where you have an engagement um, scenario almost every time that you're there because the people that are serving you really value that you are there and are making effort into making you feel valued in, in your experience there. And, you know, for us, we simplify great service um, broken out into a dichotomy of uh, effort and skill. And, and believe it or not, we really, we, we pose this question to teams often and we'll get teams together and say, you know, what do you think the, the breakout of, um, skill versus effort is? You know, what, what's that look like in a percent? And, you know, we typically start with about 50, 50 and it goes to 60, 40. We give a few more examples and it ends up being about 90% effort and 10% skill. So if we have, if we have operators that are understanding that great service experiences are built off of 90% of, of great effort from the team, then, you know, it's a pretty good way to start and understand really what's important to the operator, to the GM, to the chef, and in the experiences that we're curating for people and, and the environments that we're creating for, uh, for our team to work in. And, and if they feel empowered to actually represent that, then you're going to win. Other than that, you're going to challenge, you're going to be challenged to really be able to keep them focused and, and really identify what that service goal is, uh, from your service culture. So yeah, it, it's challenging. Number of, number of different, uh, influences and in why it's challenging, but, um, those are just a few that we see, uh, that are pretty common. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. So I think too, as you mentioned earlier on, it's really about 
when you're looking to hire and train your team, that you're focused on something more than just, as you mentioned, the skill. It really comes down to more of a personal approach, as well as to understanding how your new hires are going to fit within your team culture and really ensure that they're, you know, a good fit for that. What are some tips you could give restaurants or GMs or managers on how to really, you know, make those right decisions in finding the right people to fit that culture once they understand what it is? Uh, that's a great, great question, Kate. You know, we we look to hire for desire. So there, there's really two ways. I love can... that. Sorry to interrupt, <laughs> Alex, but I love that phrase. I love it. you got to keep saying that. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we you know, you, first of all, you have to understand the value set that you want to have represented in your service experience from your team. So, you know, we, we look at um, our teams no differently than a sports team. You know, if we, you know, if we have a scenario where we're hiring people because they have great skill, but they don't have a great approach or attitude or they're not engaged to committing to their job or what a great service culture is, then, you know, as a management team and ownership, you end up managing them for what we call the wrong reasons. So, you know, if we have a player that doesn't want to practice, Alan Iverson, um, we, you know, <laughs> we're, we're practice, we're not going to, um, we're not going to hire them because we know that we're never, we're never going to make people want to be happy in their position. We're never going to manage people wanting to be kind to people and working towards something where the guest is the constant, um, um, focus. So we we look to hire for desire quite simply because if we're hiring good people that have value sets that are built around what the ownership chef GM's goals are, then we train for mechanics, meaning we can teach anyone how to pour a great draft or we can teach anyone how to pull a great espresso. What we can't teach them is to love their job. We can't teach them to love the environment that they work in, to love the brand that they represent. So we just hire on desire because we'd much rather manage people's mechanics and how they do their job versus what they bring from an engagement level. That's awesome. Just fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, so now we're looking for an example of a restaurant that you've worked with, or even maybe a restaurant that you love to frequent because you feel the culture, you enjoy the team culture and the restaurant culture they've built. Can you give us some examples of some great restaurants that are doing a really good job at this? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to Wolfgang for a second. I was, um, I'll give you a couple, but in, in California, I'm, I'm in, uh, in Spago and, um, uh, one, an order comes back to the kitchen and, um, it was a lifestyle choice, um, from, from one of the diners and it had probably six to seven revisions on the bill. And I remember it coming into the kitchen. I remember the chef, um, taking that inside order and relaying what, um, those revisions were. And I think again, there were seven or eight different revisions. Now, 
in that case, I thought, oh my goodness, there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some some comments like, oh, you know, I can't believe we have to do this. And there there actually wasn't. The the chefs that were involved repeated those revisions back. There was no front and back division between our guests want something and our kitchen not wanting to do it. That service culture was so profoundly focused on what a great guest experience was that everyone was more than happy to accommodate that and you know heads down keep working and and just happy to to accommodate that so that was one example that really stood out to me locally um you know we had the pleasure of working with joe fortes here and um you know that's uh that was a program at the time and still is that's really well renowned for great service and um you know Frenchie that was leading the team there Frenchie and Scott you know it didn't matter if, if if there was an NHL team in which on many nights during the season uh the NHL teams are, are are stopping in there for dinner it didn't matter if it was them coming in or a couple sneaking away for a quick lunch um the service was exactly the same type of engagement for anyone going in there and that meant that they were doing what they could to create an experience that you'd be coming back from so um, those are two examples that um, that we see and you know some of our our own clients that have programs that are so good and so engaged that if we're heading out for lunch we actually feel guilty not stopping in because they take (laughs) such great care of us so those are some examples that we see uh, uh, lately and I have to say from my own dining experience I always remember the actual service experience more than I will the food or drinks that I had. I will usually leave a restaurant commenting on the level of service or the interiors versus the food. I think it creates that lasting impression and it really is a number one factor as to why customers will choose one restaurant over another. Because, you know, you've got two pizzerias, which one are you going to? If the pizza tastes the same, well, you're going to the one with the better service. Um, So that leads me into another question. Restaurants are businesses. They care about, you know, making money and you know the bottom line so do you what's your opinion or what can you say to restaurants who might not believe that you know investing a lot of time into developing a great service culture will impact their bottom line will it yeah that's a great that's a great question kate do you happen to work for the uh 15 group or further <laughs> um you know, we um we often get asked this question and you know, currently in Canada and, and certainly in, in BC, uh, British Columbia, we see that there's a massive shortage in available staff, um, to work in restaurants. And it, it's becoming a major, major challenge in, in many operations here. And we often get asked, you know, how do you get staff? How do you retain staff? Um, and, and, you know, how can I create a service culture where I have good people? And we feel that it's really, really important to understand that you have to invest in your team. You know, we often get asked, you know, how do you manage millennials versus another age group and so on and so forth? And there really is no difference. We break it down 
into simply creating an environment where people feel valued working in it and they have an opportunity to learn and grow in their role. You know, if we're hiring people from a financial standpoint only, meaning, um, you know, we're going to hire a server because uh, we're going to tell them that they're making $200 a night, then we're never going to win because they're, they're not always going to make $200 a night versus hiring a, a group of people um, spending and committing to in, really investing in um, their development within the environment. And that may mean that you've got uh, a server coming on that has uh, previous experience in, a, in the restaurant industry, but may not have great wine knowledge and really committing to them to give them an opportunity to learn um, and increase um, their skill set uh, and engagement from us committing to them and, and investing in them, then we're getting more longevity in their positions because at the end of the day, it's not just about money. It's about um, how valued you feel in your position, um, how much you learn, how much you feel you contribute uh, as well. So really empowering staff to represent um, this service culture it is probably one of the best defining um, factors or metrics in what a great service culture is. And, and from a financial perspective, think about this. Imagine spending a million dollars building a business and not actually committing to creating a great service experience and then leaving that to a group of team members that actually can't represent it. Like, think about that from an investment perspective. You'd never find a car lot being built where the team didn't fully understand what they were representing and fully understand how they were going to engage um you know, potential guests into purchasing a car or, you know, it, so it's, it's from a, from a, you know, financial perspective. Yes, you're going to spend maybe more money on training, um, dollars and, and things of that nature, but you need to commit to your team. Once you commit to your team, they commit to you and you've, you've got an opportunity to create a great service culture from, from bringing good people in that you commit to. Awesome. I, you're so right, Alex. I mean, as a restaurant owner, you've spent, you know, thousands of dollars to build your restaurant and then to not spend just as much time and investment in training great people who are now representing your business and your brand. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense at all. It seems logical. So let's help these restaurants out. So why don't you recap for us those top takeaways on the importance of culture and some key tips on what you should look at when building your culture, and then we have one final question for you. Sure. Uh, so step one, call the 15 group. Uh, we can help you with that. Um, <laughs> all, all, Short plug in there. <laughs> all jokes aside, um, you know, the, the, first, the, the first thing that's really important when creating uh, a service culture is, is really just listing the things that are really important to your value set of how you're operating your business and what kind of experiences you want to create for your guests. And this is an opportunity for um, this to start with. With ownership, uh, it should trickle down to management, and then ultimately it should trickle down to the entire team. Because at the end of the day, you want your team to be fully engaged and empowered to represent that. And often they have some incredible ideas of what that uh, value set can be filled with um, when it comes to service. Because you know they're on, you know they're in the trenches and they're on the floor and and behind the stove. So often you know engaging them in in um, ideas for what that 
service culture that you're building and what's important uh, is great to get that from them. And then really, once you've built out and identified what those things are, you really have to build those initiatives into actions. So if we say that we're going to greet someone a certain way, we don't just say you need to greet someone uh, nicely or hospitably. We say, you know, give us some ideas from, from the team on how we can do that and really role play that because we find that, that people that uh, are in an environment where they hear other people speaking about something may take, may have a great takeaway from, from that. You know, Karen may, um, may have a great greet that we all can learn from. And, you know, we don't script everything out. So it's like a machine, but, you know, people can build from that. And then thirdly, really committing to upholding what those things are from an ownership perspective and from a, from a management perspective. So if we are going to create these initiatives and this is going to be our service culture, then it needs to be really represented right from the very top, right through to management, and then ultimately through um, our frontline staff that gets um, to creating a guest experience. And if, if that happens, then you've got a great opportunity to build a team around a great service culture, and then you've got a great opportunity to continue to hire people with value sets that are going to, that are going to represent what that service culture is. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. You've definitely brought some great information to the restaurants and chefs and GMs and managers and everybody else who's listening today. Um, we couldn't agree more that service culture needs to be elevated in today's restaurant industry, you know, to stay competitive and also push the limits. Let's get back to being nice to one another. Right? That's where we're spending our money. Let's do a good job in really elevating guest experiences and see what happens. Um, okay, Alex, now we want to pick your brain. We want to know. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. If ready. we were to put you on a private jet right now and you could fly anywhere in the world to go eat at one restaurant, anywhere, Alex, could be Australia, could be anywhere, well, where would it be? Well, probably no surprise, but I'd, I'd love to go. Uh, I'd love to go to Noma. Uh, in Denmark, um, back to that program. Or, you know, ultimately, I'd, I'd love to go visit Lee Parsons, uh, you know, our old chef, uh, my old chef, and, and someone who worked for our company that uh, opened the Parsons table in uh, Arundel, uh, West Essex in, in England. Uh, I'd love to see how his uh, his progression is, has been with as being a chef because he's incredibly talented and uh, love to see what him and Liz are doing uh, there. So either, uh, either Noma or uh, the Parsons table, that's where I would uh, jet off to if I could right now. Okay, great. Well, thank you for sharing. We can't make that happen for you, unfortunately, but <laughs> we love to know where you would want to go. So that is it for our very first podcast, everyone. Thank you so much again for tuning in to What's in the Kitchen with the 15 Group. Um, our VP of Western Operations, Alex Fraser, was with us today talking about service culture, and we invite you to join us on our next podcast, which will be, at this point, we're not even sure. Thanks so much, Alex. Have a great day, and uh, we will be in touch soon. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, everyone. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of In the Kitchen with the 15 Group. The 15 Group is a team of hospitality consultants and accountants across Canada with more than 15 years of experience. For more information about their services, please visit www.the15group.com. 15 is spelled out, not the number. And make sure to follow them at the 15 Group on Instagram, hashtag In the Kitchen. Thanks and tune in again.